Welcome in to another episode of the R. Bill Simmons podcast. I am coming to you right about 10 minutes after Walt Disney has just reported their most recent earnings for the last three months. So doing this pod to break down what their earnings mean for ESPN, the future of ESPN, whether they're going to renew the NBA deal or not. We're going to get commentary on what Bob Iger, the Disney CEO, and everybody at Disney believes for what they're going to do with ESPN in the future. Also going to give you some broad context on where it fits into the whole Disney picture. So let's start with this. Initially after earnings, stock was down 2%. They missed on streaming subscribers by a decent amount, including Hulu, ESPN Plus, and Disney Plus. Not great. Earnings roughly in line, but the stock spiked to 6% higher about 20 minutes into their earnings call. And I want to read you the official Financial Press Bloomberg article here. Walt Disney wrote rises more than 6% in extended trading after they said capital spending and outlays for movies and TV shows are coming in lower than expected. So essentially, Wall Street is cheering on less spending. Capital expenditures, which is pretty much parks, so upgrading parks and whatnot, that was going to be $6 billion. Now it's $5 billion for this year. And content spending, that was going to be $30 billion. It's now going to be $27 billion for this year. So Wall Street loves cost cuts because it means more earnings. Stock shoots up 6%. It's come down a little bit. It's now 3%. We'll see what it is when you're actually listening to this. But ultimately... Initially, the, the market wasn't loving the earnings, but then has come back around a little bit because of the cost cuts. So let's get into the broad company briefly and then ESPN. Broad company, what do we have? Okay, We have $22.3 billion of revenue is up 4% year over year. Not bad. Could be better. $3.6 billion operating income. That means earnings flat. And then when you look under the hood, this is where the ESPN issue is front and center. Because if you look at streaming, $512 million streaming loss this quarter. Still not great, but do remember that Netflix used to burn $3 billion of cash annually until they got their uh, earnings back into the black. And now they're producing several billion dollars of free cash flow a year. So Netflix has been at it. For a lot longer than Disney. So streaming $500 million loss this quarter compares to $1.1 billion last quarter. So you go, hmm, if Disney earnings are flat, where is that $600 million difference coming from? A little bit of it is from parks. They had $2.4 billion of earnings. That was up 10% a year, year over year. But here's the big one. Let's go to linear networks. And Disney's linear networks, that's ABC, FX, and Disney Channel, but primarily it's ESPN and the family of ESPN channels. So their 6.7 billion linear networks revenue declined 7% year over year. So the comparable three-month three, uh, period in 2022 compared to 2023. And then this is the killer. 1.8 billion operating income. So again, earnings down 14% year over year. That's brutal. And so the reason, there's a lot of reasons for that, but ultimately it's a combination of cord cutting and advertising weakness. And so cord cutting 
very simplistically, it's when people just drop the, the linear TV bundle. YouTube TV is probably one of the cheapest places you can get it, 75 bucks a month. That's still pretty expensive. When you bundle it in with cable, it's probably 100 bucks plus. So this thing's huge. Uh, we're not all Bill Simmons's in the world. We can't afford a, a direct TV package with everything under the hood, under the sun. Uh, a lot of people are cutting back. So that's a big reason why the earnings are declining because when someone drops a linear video bundle, ESPN, FX, all those comp all those channels stop getting paid. Um, could, because if I have the channel, I'm paying Comcast or DirecTV, and Comcast is then paying Disney to show the channel. So when when the end consumer breaks that, no more revenue from me is going to Disney ultimately. And so they're they're having a, a huge problem with cord cutting, probably around seven to eight percent right now. So in order for ESPN and those other channels to get to even stable revenue. They'd have to grow pricing by seven, eight, nine percent plus. And as we can see in results, that's probably not happening. So then we go to okay, uh, Disney's had some trouble internationally and they're kind of folding international channels in lieu of investing in streaming. So let's go to domestic results specifically 5.5 billion revenue, 1.8 billion operating income. We're down 4% and 14% year over year. That's not great. Oh, I misspoke earlier. The operating income was actually negative 23%. Domestically, it's negative 14%. So ESPN does not break out the, or Disney does not break out the ESPN financials, but that's pretty much ESPN. So we could estimate ESPN is losing about 15% of their earnings annually, at least for this past year. And that's a huge negative because what that is, what that's going to mean is you're telling me I'm, I'm losing revenue now and I'm losing earnings now, but the NBA wants to triple their rights deal. Is that really going to happen? I'm not so sure, but let's go to the Disney press release and let's see why ESPN is, is declining so much. So lower earnings at cable was due to, I'm, I'm quoting from the, I should have said that I'm quoting from their press release. Lower operating income at cable was due to higher sports programming and production costs and lower affiliate revenue, partially offset by a modest increase in advertising revenue. Higher sports programming and production costs reflected contractual rate increases for NBA programming and new motorsports programming, which ESPN later said was Formula One. Lower affiliate revenue resulted from a decline in subscribers, partially offset by higher contractual rates. And then the increase uh, in advertising revenue, higher uh, rates at ESPN, lower rates at non-sports channels. So what this tells you is that ESPN, it's not doing so hot. Now, we could get that qualitatively from the fact that ESPN is out there shop or Disney's out there shopping ESPN, basically. But we, we have it in the results here that things are, are just not doing that well at this company and specifically them calling out NBA programming it is pretty incredible because they don't have to call out NBA programming they didn't call out NFL programming what what's the reason they're calling out NBA programming so this tells you that the current NBA deal i don't know if it's not profitable by now because part of the the way that ESPN gets paid is that they will go to the Comcasts and the DirecTVs of the world and say, well, we have this amazing MBA pro programming, so you got to pay us more. 
But I would also argue that that's probably they're getting more of a benefit from having the NFL than the NBA. So whether the NBA deal is underwater or not, who knows? But the fact that they're calling it out here is pretty interesting. So now let's go to some general comments about ESPN from Disney CEO Bob Iger on the earnings call, because um, he did say a lot about this. Now, I'll back up first to say that what did Bob Iger say about the broad company? Well, he only mentioned ESPN 13 minutes into the call. Kind of interesting. Why, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you be talking about ESPN a lot earlier? And basically what he mentioned is there's three businesses that will drive Disney growth in the coming years. Movie studios, theme parks, and streaming. So did not specifically mention ESPN in those remarks. Interesting, maybe, maybe not, who knows. But he could have said it a lot earlier and didn't. So, you know, we're we're trying to be Bill Simmons here and be the body language doctor seeing what Bob Iger the Disney CEO is doing on the call. Um, so who knows? But now let's get to the comments on the call about ESPN. So strategic interest. ESPN has been rumored now to, are they going to sell stakes in the leagues? Uh, we talked about this on a recent podcast, but the story is that the NBA could invest, the NFL could invest, MLB, NHL. They're all in talks with ESPN to potentially invest in the sports network. What has been raised is, hmm, instead of payment, because, again, the, the evidence says that the NBA deal is hurting ESPN's bottom line. Instead of payment, maybe the NBA would get some ownership of ESPN in exchange for their rights. So the, that has been stated that that's a part of the reason of this negotiation that maybe the NBA gets a stake in ESPN. So Bob Iger said a couple things on the call today. They will only do a deal where Disney retains control of ESPN. So that rules out selling ESPN to anybody. I think that was pretty much already ruled out, but it, it is important. And I think that makes sense too, ultimately. I don't know that they would get very good value for ESPN. You typically don't want to sell at the lows. The time to sell ESPN was years ago when things were a lot better, when, when James Andrew Miller was writing... Those guys have all the fun when Bill Simmons, I mean, if Disney sold ESPN when Bill Simmons started Grantland and that was the sign that ESPN was maybe uh, getting a little bit ahead of its skis in terms of just wasteful spending, they probably should have sold it then. That, that would have saved them a lot. So they're not going to sell it now. I think that's good. Earnings are down 15%. This is not the, this is not the time to sell. Just milk this for cash. So... He said, Bob Iger today said, he's looking for partners that could help with distribution. And Iger has mentioned Apple before. He didn't specifically today, but he mentioned it in the CNBC interview previously. So my theory on this is, okay, well, maybe Apple TV says, hmm, we have been in the business of content for a few years now. And we've been making some great content. We have Severance. People like Severance a lot. We've got, what's that, uh, Silo Show getting really rave reviews. Ultimately, Apple has a lot of a lot of interesting shows. Isn't there an uh, Idris Elba show that people are liking? So, and I think, you know what? The Ringer, Ben Lindbergh, he had 
an article about how Apple TV is actually producing the highest quality content out of all the streamers. But you know what? Nobody's watching it. So then you go, hmm, that's one piece of, of Apple TV. Number two, Apple TV is consistently being uh, rumored to be looking at sports. They almost bought into the Pac-12. Now it's a Pac-4, but Apple was thinking about that. Apple has the MLS, Major League Soccer. Big contract. Messi comes. That's huge for them. Apple is showing baseball games, Friday Night Baseball. Remember Katie Nolan was announcing those? Remember Apple went after Bill Simmons to announce those games. He said no, and that was ended up being a great call because Katie Nolan, I think, has left after one year, and they have now gone to traditional broadcast. So the point is that Apple is sniffing around sports. They've been rumored as a bidder for the NBA rights. Very interesting. They've been rumored as someone who, hmm, maybe uh, – Maybe they might want that NFL Sunday ticket and ultimately went to Google or Alphabet, but Apple was in there. So now you go, okay, so Apple, it's going to be really hard to, to duplicate a lot of this spending. Maybe Apple says, let me, no, let me distribute ESPN Plus on Apple TV. Let me get some subs that way. ESPN's uh, or Disney's got 28 million ESPN Plus subs. And yes, a lot of those subs admittedly are in that bundle and you know who's actually only paying for ESPN plus it's probably not that many people but still the the interest could be there and you got to think about this not only today but for the long run so let's let's think about this ESPN has said and they said it again today they will be taking ESPN linear the the linear channel i turn on ESPN i get monday night football i get baseball playoffs i get nba they might be taking that and putting it on streaming completely. So you're going to be able to watch ESPN in your classic cable bundle. You're also going to be able to pay for it standalone. But it's probably going to be sold at 30 bucks because you're not going to get nearly as many people signing up for ESPN at a high price that, um, you know, compared to the 75 million people will still pay for a bundle. That's not going to happen. So Maybe Apple's thinking about this and going, hmm, ESPN Plus today, I, maybe I'd offer that for free. And then actually distributing ESPN, ESPN the channel, but on streaming, maybe doing that and giving Apple TV Plus subscribers, I don't know, 20 bucks off. Imagine that. Wouldn't that be a nice one for Apple TV is they say, we will, instead of having to pay 30 bucks a month for streaming ESPN, if you sign on to Apple TV Plus, we'll give you 15, we'll give you half off. You can get it for 15 bucks, and then Apple TV is whatever, it's six bucks. So you get 20 bucks, you get the whole thing. We'll give you, we'll give it to you. That's interesting. And that's a way for Apple to then grow their streaming product. And it's only costing Apple marketing dollars. They're not actually having to get in bed with the Pac-12. So maybe that's what Apple's realizing where. Let me distribute ESPN and I'll pay a little bit there to gain more subs for Apple TV Plus, but I don't actually want to be in, in the business of bidding massive amount of sums like Amazon did for Thursday Night Football paying a billion dollars a year. I don't want to be doing that. I want to be doing working with ESPN. So that is a long example of what something could happen. Maybe you would do other things for other, other big tech companies like an Amazon or Google. He also said today, Bob Iger, 
ESPN is not looking for a cash infusion. They're looking for ESPN to transition to the direct-to-consumer model, the stream model. They are looking for help. And so it could be content, it could be distribution, and it could be marketing support. So what I just talked about with Apple, that is distribution, that is marketing support, and that can maybe even be content because Apple has somewhat of an interesting, they have baseball, they have MLS, okay. But now when ESPN says content, now things get more interesting. Okay, let me think about Comcast, NBC. Let me think about Fox. So let's let's take a, let's take Peacock for example. So Peacock is going to have an exclusive NFL playoff game this year. Everybody's going to hate hate it. It's going to be annoying. But to watch that game, you will need to sign up for Peacock. Okay, it's going to piss everybody off to do it that doesn't have Peacock already. But okay, so Peacock is is doing its thing. What if you combined Peacock and ESPN Plus? What if down the line you combined everything that NBC shows? And that pretty much is on Peacock. But what if you combined basically all of NBC Sports and all of ESPN ABC Sports together for a package, right? So now you're starting to see a little bit more of what ESPN can do. The, the rights that they have won. That the, they have outbid others for over the past three to five years, those are hurting the bottom line today, because they're paying a lot for them and they're not getting a ton of revenue on the other side. But then you think about it and you say, seventy-five million people subscribe to the linear TV bundle today in America. That is down from a hundred million at the peak. So there's at least twenty-five million more people in the market, and there might also be. I think there's a total of 130 million homes in the U.S. So in a couple of years, ESPN is going to be at 70 million people. There's going to be 65 million people that don't watch ESPN that maybe could have an interest in ESPN. And so that's where Disney can try to generate additional value and revenue for ESPN by partnering with an Apple, with the Comcast, with, with maybe they – partner up with Fox content, Fox NFL content and baseball. Maybe they partner up Paramount. They're putting a lot of their sports content on Paramount Plus. Maybe that's a bundle at some point. Maybe there maybe there's a sports-ish bundle. It'd be really expensive, but you put Peacock, Paramount Plus, ESPN Plus together and that's something. So there's a lot of possibilities here for what, for what ESPN can do. Now, does this change the bottom line at all? That's going to be the ultimate question because if earnings are declining 15% annually, that's a lot that Disney's going to have to make up to just break, you know, just to get back to even earnings, stable earnings. So all of this that I'm talking about, it's it sounds great, but it still does not compare to the cash cow that is that TV bundle that people are dropping 7%, 8% a year. Let's go to the Penn National Agreement. So that was discussed on the call. Now, for context... Listen to the most recent episode. I talked about that for about half an hour, actually went into the details of that. But it's a it's a $2 billion deal over a decade. ESPN gets $1.5 billion in cash over 10 years, and they get $500 million of Penn National stock. So Disney was asked, of course, why did you go with Penn National, right? This is this is a fascinating deal. This is incredible. And what 
Bob Iger said is that Penn made them the best offer, quote, by far to license the ESPN regarding gambling. So Disney was in discussions with many operators, they said, if Penn offered the best deal. So clearly Penn, I mean, and you can look at it from this perspective, Penn was early in the game of partnering with brands to try to get gambling customers. They're early in the game partnering with ESPN. You know, whether you love or hate ESPN, I mean, ESPN is still the fucking sports brand of the world, right? It's ESPN. That stands for something. You know what that stands for. ESPN bet. That's that's a prime, prime name to then go out and market with. So that's what happened. And that was... They made a lot of money on it. Disney will make a lot of money on it. Penn is clearly interested in it. And then certainly Penn offering by far the best deal. That tells me that they were itching for an ESPN deal. And then when ESPN said yes, they told Portnoy, get the fuck out. Now, Portnoy obviously said, well, you basically have to give me the company for free if you want to get out. And that ultimately happened. So, But all, like I said in, in, in yesterday's episode, it was a win-win-win. It was a win for everybody here. Um Except if it's a win for everybody, except if uh, it doesn't work out for Penn stock, um, then it would be a big loss. So I think that's pretty much what I want to talk about regarding ESPN. Let's let's touch a little bit on streaming, too. I gave you some of those numbers previously. But so what's interesting here is that they're they're still rocking a two billion dollar annualized streaming loss. So, yes, they're only four years old, but this sort of tells you that. Whatever they're doing right now, they got to improve upon it. And their subscribers aren't really growing. They actually declined. The subscribers came in a lot lower than expected. And what Disney's actually doing right now is they're saying that they might exit some countries they're currently in. They might spend significantly less on local content than some countries they're currently in. So they're finding this. Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery, which runs Max, the streaming service, the previous HBO Max, they're finding this as well. That some of these countries where they were spending just to get subs and subs and more subs, um, Matt Belloni talks about this, Matt Bellany, I think, he talks about this a lot on his podcast, The Town, on the Ringer Podcast Network. Uh, not, not, not that I'm chilling for the podcast, but I, lo- I love that pod. I think Matt does a great job in that. And he goes on Bill Simmons' podcast a lot. But basically, the, the idea is that Wall Street in 2019 when they started these strategies was judging all of these media companies on the subscribers they were getting. So, you know, they, not to pick on any country in in particular, but think of the, whatever the 75th ranked GDP country, gross domestic product country is Disney, Warner Bros discovery, all these companies were spending significantly on that country in order to get a bunch of subs. Netflix just had to cut costs 50 to 75% in a lot of those countries trying to get more subs. And what Disney and what Max is going to do and a lot of these companies are going to do is they're just going to say, fuck it. I'm going to exit this country because I need to actually make some money in streaming. So the great streaming subscriber chase, uh, the great Netflix correction, as as Matt Bellany says, um, that has happened. And you're going to see companies exiting this. So let me finish here on what does this mean for the NBA? Because there's been articles out there that the NBA is looking for a three times increase in their deal. Okay. That's pretty bonkers. 
it maybe made sense. And I think it was about three times when they signed it in mid 2010s. But the last deal that the NBA signed, that was peak linear TV. That was when ESPN had 100 million subscribers. Since then, they've lost 25 million. That's a lot of revenue that they've lost. Okay. And so what this means is that you have Bob Iger of Disney, you know, not totally advocating for aggressively courting the NBA. Um, you have Disney saying they're going to substantially cut content costs. You have Disney saying ESPN, we might actually sell part of it. So that's not really a glowing uh, indictment of ESPN and, and spending a lot more. You have the Warner Brothers Discovery CEO, David Zaslav, going pretty uh, aggressive in, in saying that we don't need the NBA. I mean, that was a quote. Now he's kind of softened to that since, but Warner Brothers Discovery is doing the same thing. Is They have the same issues as uh, Disney does. They have a huge amount of their earnings in the linear TV bundle. And they can't afford to, to do a bad deal for the NBA. So what's the increase going to be there? Um, all these companies, I think Warner Brothers Discovery, when they reported earnings, they they did not have a great earnings report if you remove the streaming benefit and you, you remove the synergies. So their distribution revenue, which is what they're getting from uh, their, their channels, was down mid 5% about um, uh, or mid single digits, so like down 5%. So if that's going to happen, then how, how are you going to have your revenue decrease by 5% annually? But you're going to pay the NBA double what you were paying them before. Um, at the very least, you're going to have the NBA be a step up and then increase annually 3 4 5%. So that's not really going to work. That's not a business strategy. If your costs... Right now, if, if the NBA is going to get its way, the cost of the NBA is going to go up while the linear revenue is going to go down. These channels are going to go bankrupt. And that's basically what happened with the regional sports networks. It's a little more complicated. It's a little more messy. But basically, that's the same thing that happened. And that's why Diamond Sports, which is the company that uh, Bailey Sports that has a lot of these sports networks, that's why they're walking away from deals. Like you're seeing now, I think it's the Padres, the Diamondbacks maybe. Diamond Sports walked away from the contract. And you know why? Because the money that they were paying, the Diamondbacks, they were able to get they, – they couldn't get more money than that. They only got less money than that from owning the network and getting the fees from the linear TV bundle. So the same thing is happening at ESPN, not to the degree ESPN is still making money, but the future is, is very distant. So I wanted uh, – not distant. The future is, is unknown. It's more difficult. And so I want to close with who's actually going to buy the NBA rights. So, okay. If you're the NBA, what you want is you want your playoff games on broadcast TV. You do not want your playoff games on cable where 75 million people can access it and dropping. You want them on broadcast where 125 million people can access them because it's broadcast TV. So Fox has said they're out of the bidding, and then uh, Paramount, which owns CBS, has not said they're interested. So broadcast comes down to NBC and ABC. So it's my prediction that ABC will probably stick with it for the finals, but 
who knows? NBC is interested. They might want to come in. You could have the return of the NBA on NBC. This is this is not out of left field. If you look at Comcast that owns NBC, they're in a stronger financial position than Disney is. Comcast has a a thirty million uh, cable broadband base uh, that, and everybody knows their broadband rates are going way up. They make a lot of money from that. And Peacock, yes, you know they're they're losing three billion on Peacock this year, but they're willing to spend it. Um, and NBC has been interested in sports rights. NBC has been buying. I mean, they they renewed Sunday Night Football. And they, they're putting that on Peacock. Big Ten, they just bought Big Ten from ESPN. They're putting that on Peacock as well, in addition to NBC. So could could, could NBC say, yeah, we want, we want Sunday. You know, we own Sunday night football. Let's do Sunday night basketball and let's throw some playoffs and maybe even the finals on NBC. So that could be interesting. So maybe that would happen and then – Disney would be out of a ABC game for the Disney would be out for the finals. I can still see, I can still see the interest for Disney keeping some of the NBA, but maybe they would drop me. So there's a couple things that Disney could do. They could keep the finals and keep one conference playoffs and keep some other playoffs and then take significantly less regular season tonnage. Um, and or add some games to ESPN Plus. But ultimately, if Disney's going to pay significantly more, I think they got to get stuff for ESPN Plus because otherwise that's going to be tough for them to keep paying more. Um, the, the way that they could potentially pay more is if they're really serious about getting ESPN direct to consumer to streaming and then they're able to say, okay, we might lose a little bit on this right now, but in the future we're going to be distributing ESPN via Apple TV. And we think we're going to get a lot more subscribers there. So essentially the reason that Disney needs to do this in mid 2023 before deciding whether to renew the NBA rights is that if, if ESPN is not going to get partnerships that, that Disney wants, then ESPN might be out of the NBA. Um, if ESPN gets those partnerships, then it's a little bit easier for them to bid knowing they're going to have some heft like Apple behind them. But I think that's why they need to nail this either direction, whether they get partners or not, knowing what they're going to know or knowing what they're going to do for the NBA. Um, Warner Brothers Discovery could be a similar thing. The problem with them, of course, is that they don't aren't really known for a sports network. So they have some sports, but are they really going to are they really going to pay up for the NBA with a cost conscious CEO? Probably not. So maybe maybe they would even drop the playoffs and have some regular season NBA. We could see that. And then Amazon and Apple are in the mix. Amazon has said that they, they, they seem to be pretty aggressive. That's what Andrew Marchand said in his sports media podcast just today. He said they're going to be pretty aggressive. So that's great for the NBA. There's going to get another bidder, and you could see a lot of, uh, a lot of money going to the NBA with Amazon. The problem is that that's not really a place for the playoffs. That's not a place for the finals because you need as broad distribution as possible. And Thursday night football ratings declined 40% year over year. Um, so they were down 40% in the 2022 season compared to the 2021 season um, when they went from Fox broadcast to Amazon prime video. The NBA is not going to want that for the NFL. It's a little bit, it's, it's better for, it's easier for them because they, 
that's like their fifth best game of the week, right? It's Sunday afternoon, one o'clock, four o'clock Eastern, Sunday night, and then Monday night. Amazon Prime Video, the Thursday night football game, that's the number five game. So the NFL chose more cash over broader distribution and ratings for the Amazon, uh, for the Amazon Thursday night football game. Does the NBA want to do the same thing? I, I don't know. Um, but certainly I think the NBA cannot um, put any significant playoffs on Amazon Prime Video because that, that's just not ready for that yet. So prediction for it, I, I can I honestly can see I can see I can see NBC getting into the mix. I can see Disney keeping some, maybe, maybe a little bit less though. Warner Bros. Disca, I kind of see as a wild card there. Uh, they'd like to have it, but if they don't have it, that's a lot of cash that's going to be off their balance sheet, or that, that's a lot of cash they're going to be able to to have in the future. But I, I could see them maybe more doing more of a streaming component with uh, Max, and then I can see Amazon in the mix. So I think if if you're in the NBA and you can get you can keep ABC for the finals, you can get NBC for conference finals, um, as well as other playoffs. You can basically put most of your playoffs in broadcast. Same thing with ABC. You give Warner Bros. Discuss some regular season, and then you give Amazon a nice package. You get four partners. That doubles the partners you have now. More people are invested in your league. You get more money from more partners. And ESPN, they, if they're comfortable with a partner like Apple in the future, then they will be a little bit more aggressive bidding. If they don't get that partnership, there's a possibility that they have much fewer games which could include maybe ESPN just does one just does a conference finals every year doesn't do the finals that's on NBC or you could have I'm not going to say that they would entirely drop it but maybe you would have just some regular season games on ESPN and then maybe a round or two of playoffs I don't again I don't think they're going to entirely drop it um but you could have them spend a lot less than they otherwise would if they don't get that partner so I think that pretty much covers it here. Uh, appreciate you guys listening. As always, I've been putting these out because there's just so much going on in the sports media landscape that I think it needs to be discussed. So uh, hoping you guys enjoyed this. If you did, give it a five-star rating. Leave us a review. Um, we're, we got a decent amount on Spotify now. We got like 36 now. So pop, pop that higher um, to, to five stars. Get us more there. And then on Apple, I think we only have three. So if you're listening to this on Apple Pods, and especially if you've <laughs> if you have gone this far, um, 100% give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. And then finally, um, follow the Twitter account at our Bill Simmons um, Pod. So at our Bill Simmons Pod on Twitter, and then we're um, we're rocking and rolling, and we're posting. Posting some fun content over there. Um, the rereadables are a, are a big hit. People like that a lot. So, all right. Cheers, everybody. It's still uh, nice out here. So I'll be hopping outside. And until next time.